Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo down in Tupelo. be kind of weird if Brupolo was in, what, Natchez? Brooches? Brooches doesn't work at all. That's no good. We're not going to go with that. Wherever you live in our great state, be it in the, uh, the southwest corner or the northeast corner, wherever it is, you can get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com in order for shipping whatever kind of coffee machine you've got. They've got you taken care of, including the super awesome and spectacular new K-Cups. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. So whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got you at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. Tacos that you can't get here. I'm sorry, you can get them here. You can't get anywhere else. Only at Humble Taco. Nowhere else in Starkville, nowhere else in Mississippi, nowhere else in the whole wide world, unless you're making them at home. And even then, they won't be as good as what you get at Humble Taco. So next time you're up here, Come over to Humble Taco, grab a margarita, some chips and salsa, and some tacos you can't get anywhere else, only at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs sounds like a good idea for lunch today. Why don't you download the free Firehouse Subs app, place your order, you'll be in and out in minutes, and you'll be piling up reward points towards your next order. You'll be getting free sandwiches before you know it. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, uh, Madison and Flowood. Lost, lost track there. There's so many locations. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, back from the Bluff City of Memphis. Yes. Get ejected? You should have been. I did not get ejected. There was no one in the press box with any authority for me to get ejected. Authority? (laughs) I didn't see a single person that I would consider in charge. Did anyone, was anyone there to cover Memphis? There were two people there, I think. Okay. Just one. And then, um, uh, I mean, two two guys that I would say are probably one guy that I would say was a writer, and then a couple of other guys that I don't know what they're. I don't think they were writing anything, but they were technically Memphis people, I guess. Okay. But we didn't have a pregame meal. We didn't get any vouchers or anything like that to eat. Oh my gosh. The the press box was not clean. Um. So I think some MSU people had to clean the press box. The windows, as you could see. On Twitter, were not open on my side mm-hmm. of the uh, press box, and they were completely filth. Uh, the video board. I mean, th- this this is a they're AAA, right? I believe Redbirds? so. Yeah, this is a AAA 
team and the video board was like a complete mess like the all the pixels were out on it and uh it was a disaster it's like they just threw this game together at the last second but well, I mean, um, other weeks, than that other than that yeah remember it was a couple of weeks ago or maybe it was last week that Memphis was supposed to play up there against Ole Miss and their tarp had a hole in it and so the while it poured down rain, the infield just got completely soaked, and they had to cancel the game. I mean, I have an idea. Just Bush League, man. I have an idea. Would you like to hear it? Play Stop playing Memphis. sports against Memphis. That's true. Just, just yeah. Stop. I mean, they were they were completely unprepared for this. I mean, that no, 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 no Liberty Bowl, no AutoZone Park. Just take the Memphis Tigers and drop them off the face of the earth. You can play them in Starkville. They can play in Starkville. They can come here. That's it. State's not going to Memphis. Simple as that. Yeah, but anyway. I mean, otherwise, it was a it was a fun experience. Uh, I got to introduce Steph to uh, Huey's. Huey's is a good, good place burger. to eat. It's a good burger. And um, we know. I'm glad we went there because otherwise, we would have paid like ten bucks for a hot dog at the game. Yeah, uh, and the, the concession stands that were completely overwhelmed. So, but other than that, great experience there. Other than that, Anderson how Park. was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Jeez Louise. Uh, weird game. Mississippi State completely dominated. And you had a really good stat. We'll talk about that, about what starting pitching has done to Mississippi State over the past few games. But once again, State's able to strike against the bullpen. State had a bunch of runs. I mean, errors, wild pitches, hit batsmen driving in runs. But however they did it, they pieced together a 10-4 win that they really needed. They couldn't. They couldn't afford a loss there, uh, and now you know it's it's time to focus on Arkansas. I think there, there's a lot of good stuff that happened in this game. Uh, once you got past what the fourth inning, basically, uh, and it sort of starts with Lamonis getting run off. Has he? He hasn't been ejected here, has he? But prior to that, I can't remember one. I, I think, think that so. was I guess the first time. One day to ask him on Sports Talk. Um, but yeah, and he he's this year especially I I've seen him in the dugout chirping mm-hmm. at the umpires, but that was deliberate yesterday. And that and at the same time though, I think he absolutely had a legitimate gripe, and I think he was actually very pissed off. Mm-hmm. So I mean I I don't think that was all for show. I mean that was a terrible call. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy that was swinging almost came all the way around. Yes. Like, it, I, it's, it was one of those, like, I, I didn't even think the, the home plate umpire even needed to go down to first base mm-hmm. and get an appeal. Mm-hmm. But he got it, and the first base umpire just completely screwed the pooch. And uh, Chris Lamonis let him have it. As he should. As he should. I mean, when I'm, baseball is the, really the only sport where you can get that satisfaction, so. But as we have seen a couple times, we've seen it in basketball. You know, we talked about John Calipari doing it a couple years ago. Nate Oates did it this season in basketball, both times against Mississippi State. I don't know if it was done for motivational purposes, but it seemed to click, you know. And, and look, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that the fact that Memphis went away from their starter who was dominating to a bullpen that's not very good, it didn't play a big role in it. But State was hapless before that happened. And then after that, they, they, they pretty much dominated the game. I think, you know, going to school with 10, 10 runs and, on, you know, and didn't, didn't give up a run on the other end. Uh, I think that seeing Jackson Frisco, Fristo pitch well was good. I think seeing Casey Hunt pitch at all was good. What, you, what, were, 
obviously some rust there, but good to see him throwing the ball, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he's got to improve, but he hasn't pitched in a month, so I, I'm not going to judge him based on that performance, but it's just good to get him in the mix. I mean, you, just to add another pitcher in there, because right now Mississippi State just doesn't have a whole lot of guys you can count on. Uh, Drew Talley wasn't great when he came in there, which, the, I mean, walking the leadoff guy when it should have been a strikeout was was a big part of that. But uh, Mikey Tepper pitched well, and Jackson Fristo pitched really well, and I thought that was huge for Mississippi State. And Memphis is not great, but they're not a terrible team. Um, and to get that kind of confidence with some extended innings there by Fristo was huge, I thought. Now he's got to build on that. He's got to take that into – this weekend because he's going to pitch this weekend some. Mikey Tepper has to has to take that scoreless inning into the weekend. Casey Hunt's got to take the opportunity that he got and, and take it in the weekend. These guys have got to get better on the mound to give themselves a chance because the offense is struggling against starting pitching for whatever reason right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night I thought the team as a whole was really kind of um, – What's the word that they they really were kind of not dejected but uninterested? I guess they they were flat. um, They were very flat and uh, on the mound and the you know at the plate and everything, and they just looked like they didn't want to be there. And Chris Lamonis, I think, changed that. You get a big swing from Cam James. Two batters later, you got another big swing from Logan Tanner, and then you started to put together really good at bats. And I know. Memphis walked a lot of batters. They threw wild pitches. They made mistakes in the field. But State took advantage of that, and that's what you have to do in a game like this, and that's what they did with 10 unanswered runs. And so now it turns over. You turn the page, and you start looking ahead to a series against Arkansas that it's just so crucial for Mississippi State to not get swept, not get swept. You know, I talked to Chris Lamontis on Monday. This is a team he's never beaten. You know, you think about a guy who is – you know, been to two College World Series in two in two full seasons. It's won a national championship, 0-6 against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And honestly, most of those games haven't really been that close. Um, for whatever reason, you know, the way State dominates Ole Miss, Arkansas has dominated Mississippi State. When you watch these games, and I know you've seen them all, what is it that stands out about Arkansas over the past few years that makes them such a problem for Mississippi State? And I know that they're a super talented team, and it starts with that. But is there something specific that stands out to you? I mean, not really. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's tough for both of these teams at times. You know, State swept them a couple of times. State swept them in a year where Mississippi State was not very good, 2018, mm-hmm. and uh, swept them in, in 16. Mm-hmm. It's just – it's been a weird series, yeah. man. Like, State has been swept by them the last two times, mm-hmm. I believe – and they have not won at Arkansas since 17? 15. They got swept in 17. Up there. 15. You're right. 15. Yeah. They won They won the Sunday game at 15. Yeah. The last, the last weird series, five series I mean, have been sweeps. Yeah. State swept a couple of them. Arkansas swept, swept three. So, um, But Arkansas, is a, it's, a, it's a rivalry between these two teams. And, um, you know, I just think that, you know, it's it's been a little bit different for both squads. Last year, Arkansas was playing so well at that time, and and State was still trying to find itself. Um, the last time State went there, they just – I think they got completely engulfed by that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those games, they walked like 16 guys. 
Yeah, and uh, just completely fell apart out there. So State's going to have to pitch it well. You know, Ar- Arkansas is not what they were last year. They're not going to run a Kevin Copps out there. Uh, Peyton Paulette's out for the season, their best pitcher, but State's missing their best pitcher too. So um, that's kind of a wash. Um, they, you know, I, I don't think this is the the dominant Arkansas team that we that we've seen, but it's still going to be a really good and really really talented team and a lineup that is um, is going to battle. So, State's going to have to come up with some big hits. They're going to have to pitch it extremely well to have a chance. Do they have a chance? Not, not, I don't think we're talking about taking the series, but they they can get a game. I I feel like you know you look last weekend, Missouri got a game off of Arkansas. Everything you said about Arkansas is true. They're still really, really good, but they're not the machine they were last season where they were just so, so dominant. I feel pretty confident, you know, and we're not doing a preview here, but I do feel pretty confident that State can get go up there and, and string together one game where they can, they can get a win. I, th- I think you have to have one game. You know, two games would be incredible for Mississippi State, but you got to find a way to win one. And – that to do that, you're going to have to have a great start from somebody. Somebody's going to have to come out. You can't have these these starts that you're getting right now from uh, Kate Smith and Preston Johnson, where you're just talking about where they battled. They, you know, the last like three weeks with those two pitchers, we've talked about. You know, it wasn't their best day. You know, Chris Lamona said said it, it wasn't their best game, but they battled. Well, at some point, they've got to throw their best their best game against some of these teams to have a chance. Cause I mean, you, you, you can't afford to get down in these games four to nothing, um, you know, three to nothing on Friday night or something like that. They've got to have a really good start from both of those guys. Um, and then see what happens with Parker Sinet and you just don't really know, but got to have best, uh, uh, some of your best starts out of those Friday and Sunday guys. And then your bats are going to have to come alive and have some big hits. I feel like they had those that opportunity. I, I you know, I know that that Arkansas crowd is going to be very into the game. You know, they 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 love beating up on Mississippi State up there. Uh, you know, and, and they've had so much success against Mississippi State. And I honestly think State winning the national title sort of adds a little spark, a little fire to this rivalry uh, because for the past basically the past decade, you know, once Vanderbilt got a, a national title, it was sort of like okay. And then Florida got one. It was sort of like, okay, Arkansas and Mississippi State, who's going to be the first one? They're both really good programs, and it was State. And now Arkansas is sort of left holding the bag, you know, because I'm not going to count Ole Miss because they just don't get to Omaha frequently enough. They're sort of left holding that, 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 that label of best program to never win at all. And I think, I think that, you know, especially in a season last year where they swept Mississippi State, but State goes up there and wins the national title. So, I think they're, they, 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 I think Arkansas will be playing with a little bit of chip on their shoulder this weekend, which makes them very dangerous. What day is State's best chance to win? I, I think Sunday is it, because I think Kate Smith is a really good Sunday starter. But State's played well on Saturdays this year. They just, you know, they, they made some mistakes against Georgia that, that, that cost them. But overall, they hit the ball well that day. Friday, I'm just going to say no. But Saturday, Sunday, which day do you think State has the best chance to win? You would think Sunday, just because you. I mean, and I say that, and they lost this past Sunday to Alabama, but that that feels like the day that you can get them. I mean, they've and and listen. I mean, their their starting pitching hasn't been uh, Arkansas starting pitching hasn't been incredible. So um, they've been pretty solid out of the bullpen. It's still been a pretty good um, staff, and they got some of those 
same guys, man. And they're just Connor Nolan and Zebulon Vermillion, the Marvel villain. These guys just won't go away. They've, they've been there forever. And those guys are still good. They're still really good pitchers. So State's going to see some really good arms this weekend. And they're going to see some really good bats too. And that's, um, but, but again, I just, I don't think that this offense is what it was last year when, um, it was just a gauntlet to get through that group, but it's still going to be a good group. I, I just, I feel like the key for Mississippi State is great starts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, getting out to a lead, getting out to a lead and holding that lead or staying in the fight until the seventh or eighth inning. State, state cannot get behind in these ball games and have a shot. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, even last week, and they got the, they went up one nothing on the Sunday game, fell behind. They they need to put up some crooked numbers early uh, against Arkansas to have have some opportunities in this game, especially when you think about the bullpen and 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 what it is. I I took a moment today to look at State's stats, and I mean the, the numbers in the bullpen, the amount of ERAs over six, and you know you got two guys with ERAs over fifteen. I mean they just mm-hmm. they have got <laughs> they just don't have anything going there in the bullpen. So yeah. I, the formula for state is get the lead early, starter goes six, seven innings, and then just hold on for dear life uh, for those final days. Now, you, you feel pretty good when Brooks Auger comes in. Pico Cone has given you some some decent innings this year, but man, there's just nobody coming out of that bullpen that I just go, okay, you know, th- they should be all right here. Basically, almost everybody coming out of the bullpen, I think, well, they're about to give up the lead. And that's, I mean, that's that's not what you want from from your bullpen. You expect those guys to be able to get outs. From a, from a hitting bullpen, scary. Yeah, from a hitting perspective, you know, up and down the order in the Memphis game, you look like you had some success. Cam James had a, had a big home run. That's what got the the rally started. He's he's been hot lately. Logan Tanner had a home run last night. That's two in three games for him. He's starting to heat up. Luke Hancock, he's still struggling a bit, getting on base. Getting on base, I mean, his OBP is, is I'm sorry, his on base percentage, yeah, is well over 400. So I mean, he's getting on base, but not driving, you know, not making hits. I, I, I don't. I thought about it last night. I think he had 21. He has 21 walks on the year. Like, how much better do I feel about Luke, uh, Luke Hancock if instead of 21 walks, he had 11 walks but 10 more singles and was hitting 280, 290? I mean, it's funny how stats work like that, but. And maybe that's just because I'm old, Robbie, and I look at batting average more than I probably should. But I think I think he's going to eventually come through. And I do he's too. Going to be seeing, he's going to be seeing the ball really, really well, and going to be a guy that's impossible to get out. I I just I have this feeling about this team that at some point late in the year they're just going to be absolute pests. Like the lineup is going to be just incredibly difficult to get through. The pitching is going to start coming through a little bit. And this is going to be a team that's just going to be a nightmare in the postseason. You know who else is thinking that? The other coaches in the SEC. Yeah. They're watching Mississippi State and saying, man, I hope the weekend we play them isn't the weekend they start clicking. Because they there's are, just so much talent. They all it's, know the talent's there. They all know it is. It's just a question of everything sort of falling into place. When it does, yeah, Mississippi State's going to be a very tough team to beat. And like I said, they've probably done too much now or haven't done enough now to can be considered for a hosting spot. I just don't see it with all the non-conference losses that they have. But Well, there I, I, now there's opportunities ahead, but it would have to be – they would have to be 
beating Tennessee, yeah. Arkansas. Well, they they would mean, need to win like 20 games in the SEC. If they do, yeah. if they, 20, 19, 20 wins, that you can overcome that. 16, 17 wins, you probably can't. But this is going to be a team, and you mentioned the talent. It's the talent, but it's also the stigma around Mississippi State baseball now. I mean, and they've had this in the past, but the last four, four or five years, this is Mississippi State's turned into to me what LSU always was whenever we were growing up. You just could never count LSU out. You right? Know, they they might they they might be down by ten runs at Alex Box, and you're saying, I mean, how how are they going to come back? I, I just I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to win this game because you know they're going to do it. That's how I feel about Mississippi State at Duty Noble. And, you know, you start looking at Mississippi State, well, how are they going to make a run to Omaha? Because you know they're going to do it. That's how you feel about Mississippi State as a program at this point. Mm-hmm. They just click at the right time. And I, I feel like that's going to come. Like, I just – I don't have a lot of faith in this pitching staff, but I think that at some point this offense is going to be so good, they're going to be able to overcome a lot of those issues there. And I th- – I think eventually some of these guys in the bullpen are going to be able to get it together too. But there's just something – I just have this weird feeling about this team. When I see Logan Tanner, Cam James, and Luke Hancock and those guys, I just feel like eventually they're going to be a nightmare to deal with. And we've seen it in spurts. We just haven't seen it put all together. And eventually, I think it happens. But you just hope it's not too late to where – you're not making postseason or something, but I mean, right now, I don't think that's a that's a real big concern. But um, they're gonna have to win some ball games down the stretch. No question, no question. Do you think this team mentally is can embrace the grind? I mean, it's going to be a grind the whole way. Offensively, I do. I do, I don't know about the the pitching staff right now. Uh, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues uh, from a mentality standpoint. It seems like guys letting stuff get in their head, not being able to throw strikes consistently, maybe throwing too many strikes, getting served, you know, serving one up and, and getting barreled up there. But, um, you know, if those guys if, – if the bullpen ever gets it together and you start finding three or four people there mm-hmm. that you can really count on, this team can be good. Yeah, no, there's no, no doubt about that. Like I said, the talent is there. It's just a matter of, you know, whatever is holding them back, you know, finding a way to get around that. We'll see if they can do it. Big series this weekend. We'll talk a lot more about it tomorrow. Uh, let's move on into basketball. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, that's what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend and the weather should be pretty good for that, man, throw a couple of steaks on the grill, maybe some burgers, or put a brisket on the smoker, whatever you want to do. They've, beef has always got a great option for you. It's always a great choice, not only for your family because it's delicious, but it's really good for you too. Protein, vitamins, everything a, man, a growing boy needs. And that's what Robbie and I are. We are growing boys. And that's, at least that's what the story we're going to give is. So when you head to the grocery store this weekend, put some beef I'm cultivating, in the shopping I'm cultivating mass. I'm, I'm cultivating mass. Stop <laughs> cultivating. That's what I've been trying to tell Becky this whole time. I weighed 155 pounds like four years ago. I've got to build that mass up so I can turn it into muscle, Brian. That's the way it's got to be. I understand. I get it. I get it. Anyway, beef is what's for dinner. That's from our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Guess what Robbie and I ate lunch yesterday? Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Guess what? It was awesome. Had, a, had some good times on Taco Tuesday. Except Enjoyed for that myself. scoundrel Lee battle. That scalawag. No. 
that guy's in the kitchen and he's cooking up great stuff. So next time you're in Starkville or whenever you're in Starkville, you head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I promise a great meal and some smoked Southern soul food there in the heart of the Cotton District. Advantage Business Systems. I mean, great products and great services, something everybody offers. I get that. But not everybody is offering you what Advantage Business Systems does, especially when we're talking about service. When you're dealing with a big box store, you don't know who you're dealing with. When you call them for, for, for help, for service, you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know where they even are. And you certainly don't know when they'll be there. Advantage Business Systems is different. You're talking about a Mississippi company with a Mississippi phone number. That's, a, that's an important thing, in my opinion. You're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi. You're talking about somebody who can be out to hit, get you back up and running pretty quickly, much quicker than those big box stores can. So give them a call, and whatever it is you're looking for, they're going to get you taken care of. The number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Looks like Chris Jans is starting to put his staff together. We talked a little bit on uh, yesterday's show, because right as the start of the show is when everything broke, that uh, the first assistant coaching uh, domino had fallen for, uh, for Chris Jans, uh, that James Miller was coming from New Mexico State. Now Jeff Goodman from Stadium uh, has reported that it looks like uh, da- uh, David Anwar is coming also from, uh, from, that, from that staff and that George Brooks is going to be retained. But Paul Jones has reported from 24-7 Sports, obviously here, that it looks like Brooks is going to be retained, but in a different role. Robbie, can you expound a little bit on that? Yeah, you know, talking to Paul, and I, you know, Paul does great coverage for us for men's basketball. So most of the stuff I get on men's basketball, it comes directly from Paul. Right. I'm not even going to lie about that. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, Talking to Paul, you know, the, the gist that I get is he's going to be in a role similar to some of these off the field recruiters in football. Um, which, if that's the case, I don't see how you can be too terribly upset about it. If he's able to continue to recruit from Mississippi State, make phone calls, host people on campus, things like that, I think that's that's perfectly fine. It, it gives you another recruiter, and then Jans can go get another guy to coach on the bench with him. But it appears that he's going to be some sort of special assistant that can handle some off the uh, – court recruiting some on-campus stuff um for mississippi state and like i said if that's if that's what he's doing i mean i think that's that's a fine move for him he seems to be okay with it so yeah and okay i think we all understand the prowess of recruiting that george brooks has this is a guy he's basically the tony hughes of basketball he's a guy who has the number of every coach in the state. There's not a prospect in the state that doesn't know who George Brooks is and hasn't talked to him. And basically, <clears throat> even across the South, when you look at Ben Hallen's teams, every good player on those teams, George Brooks had a huge part in the recruiting process. So keeping him on staff in some fashion is smart. If he's not an, uh, on the bench coach, that would lead to a, another assistant coach being hired. From what I can tell, Robbie, it seems like Miller is the X and O guy Anwar is the recruiter. Do you go strong recruiter for that third spot as well? Yeah, I, I want that third spot to be the guy that's basically on the staff to recruit. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Corey McRae and George Brooks. Um, I want that. I want that guy to be his primary focus is recruiting the best players that he can possibly get. Um, 
I don't think having three guys that are really good X's and O's coaches mm-hmm. and average to okay recruiters is going to really move the needle. They need to have a legit recruiter, I think, on that staff. If they're not going to go for George Brooks, it needs to be somebody that's equal or better. I have an idea then for who they should bring in because it's obvious they want to talk about a recruiter and they're not as worried about the ability, you know, of, of coaching those positions. Jason Washington. What about Chad Bumpus? Chad Bumpus was my second choice. <laughs> Jason Washington has the same amount of experience coaching post players as he does coaching running backs. Well, I don't know. He's been coaching running backs now for three de- for three practices. So okay. Maybe he's a little ahead there on that curve. But yeah, I, I agree with you. A, a recruiter is obviously the way you want to go. Uh, in, in this situation, you know, state, you know, obviously they lost one commitment already. I don't expect Riley Kugel to be at Mississippi State. He'll move on. Uh, they're, they're, they're still talking with their other current signees and commitments to try to keep them in the fold. Uh, and then you'll see some guys come in. Obviously, the transfer portal, Chris Chance said it himself. It's going to be a huge part. The first name has already popped up. I saw Paul uh, reporting on that earlier. Uh, Deshaun Davis, who uh, brace yourself. I don't know if you're ready for this, Robbie. A point guard. A point what? guard. Has been, he said he's been heavily recruited by Mississippi State uh, from Oregon State. Averaged six assists and 11 points a game last year So in the Pac-12. So that's a pretty – it looks like a pretty decent get in the transfer portal if Mississippi State is able to pull him in. He said he had spoken to Jans. They had recruited him at New Mexico State. They knew him from junior college. That he had a, That Jans and his junior college coach had a great relationship, which is very unsurprising. Uh, considering Jan's comments about junior college basketball and his experience there, obviously he's going he's gonna to talk to those guys and sort of be able to get on their level uh, pretty easily. The transfer portal is going to be interesting. You know, let's make the assumption that Molinar goes, because I feel like that's a pretty safe assumption. But I feel like Tolu Smith will stay. And then you, you, know, you talk about who could go. You know, DJ Jeffries, Shaq Moore, they can't go. Rocket Watts can go. I guess I, – I'll take it back. I guess they can go because there's a coaching change. But they'll, they would probably be able to easily get a waiver. But it seems like Moore and Jeffries will stay and Watts will go. So there's two spots. Cam Matthews feels like he's staying. Derek Fountain, Cam, maybe a guy I, who could go. Derek Fountain's think? a possibility. Um, the Applewhite kid is a, is a possibility. I forgot he existed. I think everybody else is pretty much – Javion Davis has already hit the transfer portal. Yeah. So what about four spots here, probably? Yeah, I mean, because you have you're going to be bringing all your recruits in, probably with the exception, obviously, of Riley Kugel, who's already gotten out of his LOI. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, you're not having to overhaul the roster here, but you you can probably expect Molinar is probably not coming back. I, I just I feel like. He will, uh, he will have a, enough. What's what I'm looking for? Enough offers to date back. Yeah, you know, I, I just feel like people are going to. I think when he gets into the draft process, people are going to say, "Look, you know, if you're there in the second, I, I think he's going to get basically the same sort of treatment that Woodard and Perry got. That assurances that, hey, if you're still in the second round, we will definitely take you. And it's it, it's going to boil down to because he said behind the scenes, I think that he wants to be a first round pick. It's going to boil down to if he really wants to stick with that and work towards becoming a first-round pick or if he just is content on leaving, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel like, I mean, I don't I don't know if he's going to be I, unless he is just desperate to have some real team success before he leaves. If he just wants to play in the NCAA tournament one time, which I think State can do next year, especially if he comes back, then he's going to go. Because at an individual level, what's he got left to prove? You know, he's gotten better every year he was here. He's been a great scorer. He's been an all-SEC player. There's nothing left for him to do. So we shall see. But the Jans era is starting to come together in terms of, of coaching staff. And then not long after that, I would imagine it starts coming together in terms of personnel. And we get an idea of what that 2022-23 roster uh, is going to look like uh, for Mississippi State uh, in his first year. All right, tomorrow's show, we'll talk a little more uh, baseball, obviously, as Mississippi State, Arkansas. That's, think about a year ago, by the way, Robbie. That was number one versus number two down here. And now, I mean, Arkansas is still highly ranked with Mississippi State, trying to trying to figure things out. We'll see if they can do it up there in Fayetteville. It's going to be very, very tough. Uh, we'll probably have some more football talk for you as well tomorrow, uh, and maybe a little more basketball talk. You never know. So, Also, don't forget tomorrow. I know you're super excited to hear it. The Falk Haydad WrestleMania preview. It should be outstanding. Can't wait. Can't wait as Robbie gets ready to make his trip uh, out to Dallas for the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment. All right. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.